بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف المرسلين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي السلام عليكم ايفريون جزاكم الله خير فور جويننج ذا فيرست تايم مسلم بودكاست يور هوست سيستر لانا اند سيستر كلثوم سو جست ان كيس يو جايز دونت نو بت اي ام ا سينيور ليدر بروجكت مانجر اند انستركتور ات اي 3 انستيتوت as well as a scientist with a master's in biochemistry and microbiology. I am a student in Islam doing a bachelor's studies at Mishkat University. And as well, I am a chaplain at University of Toronto in Mississauga. Welcome to our um, podcast. I'm going to let Kulsum introduce herself and then we can start inshallah. Welcome, welcome everyone. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Um, this is Kulsum and Alana, I always love your introductions because, you know, the name of the podcast is Versatile Muslim Podcast. And when I listen to your bio, I'm like, wow, she is so versatile. It's so beautiful, mashallah. May Allah preserve you and, and give lots and lots of barakah on everything that you do. Um, I mean, you too, hon. Thank you. So a little bit about me. I am a life coach and a counselor, and I'm also a chaplain at University of Toronto, Mississauga. I uh, teach, I'm an instructor at I3 Institute, uh, and I lead the Versatile Muslima team with the different events and things that we have there. I am also an author. I keep forgetting. There's just so many things, so you t- tend to forget, you know, like what you do on a daily basis. Um, and I graduated from York University quite a while back. So that's me in a nutshell. And, you know, honestly, again, I always say this, and I, I feel like the listeners are going to be like, wow, she always says this. I'm super excited about the topic today because it's one that I think is like super relevant to me and you and um, every every hijabi out there, right? And the topic is the struggle of hijab, Right you know, we all wear hijab. I mean, those who wear hijab. And, and when we say hijab, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, proper headscarf and, and um, you know, proper Islamic covering, of course. Um, so I feel like when we wear it, yeah, we look confident and, and we're strong and we're doing all these things, but it doesn't mean that it's not a challenge at times, right? And so, yeah, I'm really glad that we're discussing this topic today because, you know, I have a lot of personal experiences to offer with regards to this as well. Um, and I think that, I don't know if people know that I'm married to, uh, I'm Pakistani and I'm married to a Nigerian. So right away, like, you know, the culture, there's like that culture kind of um, difference, right? And the reason I mention that is because I feel like one of the struggles that people have when it comes to hijab is the cultural aspect, right? It's like, how is like, you know, your different cultures telling you, oh, you're supposed to wear your hijab like this. And, and yeah, I get it that, you know, the Western liberalism and individualism and, and feminism, they've given the woman the choice to put it on, right? Um, and as a Muslim, you are supposed to put it on and how you want. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, we've, we've really skewed away from how we're supposed to wear it properly. So two things have happened either because of that Western kind of liberal, you know, you have a choice to do whatever mentality 
there's been so many trends for hijabs, which I, you know, you can touch upon later, inshallah, as well. Um, and so literally people have just started to wear hijab the way that they think they're supposed to be wearing it. One. Second, I think there's a lot of pressure from culture. When I first started wearing hijab, I had people, you know, my family, friends, and people tell me that, oh, you know, why are you wearing a hijab? You don't need to. You don't need to wear a hijab. Just be modern. Just, you know, just like cover yourself when you're going out. Just wear loose clothing. And it was very demoralizing for a young girl that's, you know, trying to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for people to tell you that it's really hard. And then when I did start wearing hijab, I had to go to Pakistan for a wedding. And if you guys know how Pakistani weddings work, it's just, it's the worst wedding atmosphere to be in, right? If you're not practicing and you're not like segregating and things like that. And yeah, like, you know, there's so, I, I felt the pressure. Like I felt the pressure of, okay, I have to make my hijab more stylish. I have to, you know, have matching hijabs with my outfit. I have to, you know, put like all this jewelry on my hijab. And, and to a point, there was even pressure for me to take off the hijab because the hijab didn't go with the outfits, right? I didn't, I used to wear abaya, but then at that point, it's like, you know, you get so much pressure. And when there's not enough motivation around you, it is easy to lose track. And so that's kind of like my hijab journey in like a small nutshell. So when I came back from Pakistan, I actually was very wobbly with the hijab. And this is like right fresh outside of high school. Um, And then one day I just, you know, I was like reflecting. and, And then one day I just started wearing the abaya, proper abaya, proper jilbab, proper hijab. And I've never taken it off since. And um even then, it's like the struggle of that pressure has always been there. So, you know, again, I'm really glad that we are discussing this topic. And I would love to actually hear your thoughts because obviously you've grown up here as well. And even though it's like a different culture that you're a part of, um, do, you, do you feel that you face that stuff as well or no? Absolutely, man. I really resonated with your story so much because I've had, I had those issues as well. And like, um, I myself also came from like, you know, the multicultural marriage, right? I'm Lebanese married to an Indian and that on its own was like, oh my God. But then like the hijab on top of it was like, whoa, you know, (laughs) especially because like, you know, at some point, you know, for the wedding, they expected me to dress a certain way as the bride. And I'm just like, well, you know, um, I'm not going to do it, especially like because at the beginning it was supposed to be like a mixed wedding and all these things. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. And, um, you know, obviously the two cultural, or the two cultures made it very, very difficult. Um, but in general, like I agree, man, I went to Lebanon in 2019 to visit family and I'm like the only hijab, right? Everyone and like real, like, you know, obviously like, like you said, proper hijab, you know, jilbab and like headscarf. And then everybody there was like how do you wear it in Canada like why don't you just take it off like why don't you just like and then I even had some family members who were like oh you know you're you know wasting away your youth and your beauty you're looking like an old woman because you wear the jilbab and I'm like what like you know what I mean like why would you say that and um anyway there was just like lots of those you know comments even the ones like that oh how are you gonna get married I even was told like how are you you're not gonna be able to get married no one's gonna want to look at you if they don't see your body in your hair and I'm like and they said you can still be modest kind of just like you and it was really 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 hard to hear it was really um to be honest hurtful and like 
it does it puts you down but um, alhamdulillah like at that time i was in a stronger point in my life alhamdulillah but i can tell you that when i was younger yeah i was the same i was wobbly at some point in my life before i really reflected on it and then and i you know was doing it um absolutely for the sake of allah subhanahu inshallah you know yeah but um this is a huge huge struggle and i agree and also the struggle continues because you see these other muslim women who are basically accepting of that idea and those those messages right the liberal uh feminist individualistic messages that say that you can choose that you can choose whether or not you want to put on the hijab that you can choose not only whether or not you want to put it on but how you want to put it on and what it's going to look like and now you have these trends like you know the turban hijab the cap even wearing a knit hat um, in the winter instead of anything, just wearing like a turtleneck and like um, just the cap, you know, like all these different things, like a baseball cap or something. And like you, you see women wearing improper hijab and then they're very, very defensive, very de defensive and sensitive about whether or not you can tell them that it is wrong or right. Because for them, whatever they believe, whatever they choose, whatever they feel is right. Yeah. But you see, like that that's a problem on its own. It's a problem that we also get affected. There's that peer pressure, right? That influence from these hijabi influencers on Instagram and Facebook and uh, whatever, Twitter or TikTok. You know, you have a bunch of these women now going and showing, even on YouTube, there's like those tutorials on how to put on a hijab and everybody is covered with makeup and, you know, you have to be all fancy and you do it in different styles and different colors and the way that you dress. Yeah. the model everything all this is going to be so influent influential yeah. these are super effective pressuring young women to not just uh, not wear it but also to wear it improperly and yeah. so that this is a huge problem and and the origin or the cause of this problem is that people think they have a choice um islamically we don't if you have the choice whether to believe or not to believe that is your choice but once you believe you don't have a choice on how the rules are set it's yeah. like i'm going to choose you only have a choice to play a game not whether or not you need to follow the rules in the game yeah that's it's disrespectful to the person who made the game it's disrespectful so this is this is the core of the problem to be honest in, in that sense um that's but looking at these problems now like what do you what, let's talk about like solutions you know what i mean because like we both have suffered but alhamdulillah we both are wearing it uh, yeah. properly inshallah for all the rest of our lives inshallah um so what would you say is a solution you know yeah yeah so you know before we even get into solutions well two things right one another story came to my mind going back to my point about culture um, really, truly, religion has to trump culture. My my best friend's Turkish, and she wears the hijab and abaya and everything too. And when she goes back to Turkey, her family's like, "Why are you such an extremist? You know, take it off. You shouldn't be doing that." And I even had people tell me, "Why do you always wear black?" And and I don't always wear black, but you know, in the beginning, that's the only colors of abayas I had. So again, it's it's just like culture is making it so hard. And, and if someone is listening here and they're facing that, please, you know, I know it's difficult and we'll talk about this when we talk about solutions, but just stand up because culture is beautiful. All cultures are beautiful, right? But not when it impedes on you being able to practice Islam. And, and you know, I think it ties into the point, Lana, that you were mentioning where 
uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on culture because look, for example, um, you mentioned that when you go to Lebanon and then I mentioned my best friend is Turkish. And then when I went to Pakistan, the common thing in all of these three countries is that it's, it, there's such a heavy influence of liberal thoughts, right? And so I feel like there's a lot of pressure even within practicing families to, to assimilate into the Western culture, right? Into that Western um, freedom of choice mindset, which is why I think that there's a lot of pressure on our young girls. I even had a friend in university where, um, you know, her mom was totally against her wearing hijab. So she, you know, you always hear how people, young girls wear hijab and then they come out and they take the hijab off. It was the opposite. It was like, you know, um, she used to not wear the hijab when she used to leave the home and then she used to leave, get far enough, and then she used to put on the hijab. And I was like, to me, that's so disgusting because we as like, you know, adults and parents are supposed to facilitate that for um, young young girls. So if you are someone who's making it difficult, I would say, you know, have some introspection and think about where that pressure is coming from. And like Lena mentioned, we want to be pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't really have a choice. And um, that really brings me to my next, you know, and you can comment for sure, because I want to hear more of your thoughts. But this idea of judgment, um, I understand everyone's at a different pace. And I understand more than ever that everyone has their own, you know, journey and all of that. But this whole take of like, you know, don't judge me. At least I'm wearing a cloth on my head, whether it's right, whether it's approved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not, there's this judgment cards that that's thrown out. So I wanted to hear what are your thoughts on that? And how do you think that ties in with our struggle of hijab discussion? Yeah, so actually that's so true. Um, the, the message I really want like the listeners to take, to be honest, is that uh, this idea of judgment, it's wrong. It's wrong in a couple ways. Number one, if I'm gonna advise somebody, it's not because I'm judging you. Yeah. Um, it's because Allah subhanahu is gonna judge you and I'm trying to help you. I'm literally, I'm doing it because I care and because I love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu as my sister in Islam. Okay. The second portion to this is that people feel judged because of that stereotype of how people actually advise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those aunties that basically will uh, yell at a girl or look down on her because some women don't know. They truly don't know. And, you know, yeah, you can say, well, maybe you should have known, or maybe you should be looking into it. Sure. Okay. We need to not sit there just saying, okay, you should be doing this. You shouldn't, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't, khalas, just go and advise them. Like, did you know about this? Because this is what it is. Give them the evidences and say that, you know, you need to, you should be doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Explain to them the origin of like this idea of what is Islam? Because Islam to them, the issue, the issue you said, you said it was culture, right? These other cultures, but really it's every culture. I mean, look at it. Western culture infiltrated the Islamic deen. People consider submission, which is what Islam really is, but they consider submission, right, as freedom of choice. But when you submit, you're actually taking away your freedom of choice in a way. Like you, you don't have the choice whether or not to wear the hijab properly. 
or even to wear it at all, right? Like, khalas, when you're submitting to Allah and truly, you know, in full, willing, in full and willing submission, you must in your heart, you know, believe that and what you what you believe in your heart will you will be shown through your actions. So then your actions should be compliant with whatever Allah Subhanahu says in his book. Yeah. So these, these, this idea of judgment, first of all, people need to learn how to advise so that they don't, so the others don't feel judged. But then the people taking the advice should not always just take it in as judgment. See it from the perspective that, you know, hasna dhun. So like, think good of someone, you know? I mean, yeah, I know some aunties <laughs> mean in the masjid, right? Like, believe me, I've, ha- I've heard it before. But, and I felt judged, by the way, at one point when I was younger. I did feel judged when I wasn't wearing abaya. And like, yeah. the thing is that, khalas, I didn't, it, didn't, it didn't prevent me from not going back there. You know what I mean? I felt, I continued to feel judged. But the thing is that I started, when I started reflecting on it, I'm doing it for Allah, not for them. Not for them. Forget them. Khalas, they were trying to advise you. They did it in the wrong way. You can advise them on how to advise. <laughs> you really feel strongly about it. You know what I mean? That's what I do. I tell people, you know, you need to learn how to give feedback and the others also need to learn how to take feedback. It's a two-way street. Yeah. There, there, there's the two issues with judgment. What about, what about, what do you think? Yeah, because it's, it's like, you know, like even when you ask me about solutions, which we are going to talk about, I just feel like before that, we, we I really want to touch upon this, like the reason that we're doing this topic is because so many women are going through it, right? And so how do you practically deal with someone that you know that's not practicing hijab and how do you also be on that receiving end? and just like you said I feel like it's really a two-way street so if you do see someone that's not wearing hijab don't get lost in the whole oh don't judge them mentality because it's not really about judging them it's about helping them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but it's the way that you're Uh, conveying that message like you said that's really important I think that's what people get to and I think that people who throw out the don't judge me card it's like their shield they know that they're wrong and they don't want to get out of their comfort zone to to fix themselves Um, but at the same time you know like you I remember being at York University and it was really disgusting there was a group of sisters and there's a sister that was wearing skinny jeans and a hijab that walked past her and um, after she walked past these group of sisters, I was like, kind of like sitting away from them. And they were just like, Astaghfirullah, like, look at her. And, you know, it just it kind of almost went into like, riba. like it was such a non-productive conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, the best you could do is, you know, make dua for her, but also think about how you can maybe approach her in a nice, loving, kind way to be able to help her because I want us to be, I want us to think that we're all in the same boat. It's not like a holier than thou mentality where one person's better than the other, just because they're doing one thing that's right. According to Allah, we're all on the same boat. We're all struggling. The reason that we're doing this podcast ladies is because we get the struggle that you guys have. It's not us here trying to advise you on something that we haven't gone through ourselves, Right? So if we're all on the same boat, um, let's let's try to adopt that mentality of picking each other up and helping each other. So if hijab is an issue, let's talk about it. Why is it an issue? What can we do? Um, if you know one of the other topics that, that we talked about before is an issue, let's talk about it. Why is it an issue? What can we do about it? Um, rather than just oh, this is an issue. This is the issue. This is the issue, and just kind of hover around the issue without ever really progressing forward. 
Um, so that's what I would say before we even get into solutions. So do you want to add anything, hun? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with what you're saying, right? There's the hadith that said, said that, um, I think it was, perhaps it was knowledge, right? Having the, the knowledge of, um, I think it was, it was uh, hadith Nawawi actually. Sorry, that uh, if you see an evil, said, I heard the Messenger of Allah said them say, whoever of you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he's not able to do so, then let him change it with his tongue. And if he's not able to do so, then with his heart. And that is the weakest of Iman. This is in Sahih Muslim. This was on the authority of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhum. So this is what we're supposed to do, right? Uh, we need to, we need to, the strongest is basically, we need to change it. Um, well, this this case, obviously we can't change it with our hands. We can't, unless it's yourself, but if it's someone else, you need to do it with your tongue. So you go and you advise somebody appropriately. Um, and uh, I think this is one, one key aspect. And uh, also, absolutely, I dislike, I really dislike that idea of when sisters go out there and they, they basically judge one another by talking about them behind their backs and stuff. I think that's horrible. Um, and, you know, by the way, just because people do, just for those listening, right, just because you're wearing proper hijab doesn't make you um, an angel, okay? It's actually one of like the smaller, I would say, um, actions like it's just it's not as you know massive in terms of the fara'id like the obligations right um, so we just need to remember that in the sense that you know it kind of humbles us you know you're doing something for the sake of Allah's pantana you also need to cleanse your your heart when you're doing it so yeah yeah and and you know now that I think about solutions I think the first thing really is just put Allah first right and, and this is really to all the ladies out there. If you're struggling with that pressure of um, wanting to start hijab, but you're not finding it, or you're struggling with wearing the hijab, but people around you are being not nice, or you know, you're know you wearing the hijab, but you're, you have that pressure of wearing it in a way that Allah doesn't want you to wear it, right? I would say just go back to what Allah wants. Religion has to trump culture. Allah has to come first in your life. Um, and and we have to die on following Allah's commands. We've talked about death briefly in our other other podcasts, and like you don't know when you're gonna pass away, right? So you want to pass pleasing Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So let that be your goal that you wake up today, you wake up tomorrow, that you want to please Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And if it's a struggle, which it is. And I get that. And Lena gets that. And we all get that. That's what we are here for. Create a community of sisters who will uplift you, who will motivate you, who will buy you a hijab when you start wearing the hijab, who will um, tell you you look beautiful when you wear the hijab. You know, so find that community of sisters who um, can support you through this journey. You're not meant to go through it alone, but that doesn't mean that um, if you don't have anyone that you're going to just forsake forsake Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forsake the deen. You have to put Allah first. And when you do, Allah gives you that confidence. I remember when I first walked out in my abaya, in my hijab, it was like an old crusty abaya too. <laughs> like, you know, it was just so crusty, I remember. And I went on the bus and I just felt so confident. Everyone was looking at me and I went into my tutorial um, the, the week before with my hair and then the week like after with my hijab. And I was like, I just felt so good and confident. I think when you do something for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you feel so good. So um, that's the first solution I would say. Religion trumps culture. Um, religion trumps all. And you have to follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands. 
yeah, that's my solution. What about you? That's, that's awesome. And I really, really agree. I was going to say also that point about death, you know, people you need to kind of, and the first thing is you should always think to yourself, what, like, how am I going to feel if I die? Um, but also, you know, for women, I find the core issue, like you said, you want to put a look Tantana first, right? But in this case, um, I find a lot of women don't understand what it means to put Allah's plan because they don't actually understand Allah's plan truly. So one thing is I think that women need to go do is learn about uh, learn about the basics of Islam, you know, take an I3YD course, we got a young day course, you know, come learn the basics, understand who Allah's plan is in your relationship with him, understand the akhir, understand what it means to be a Muslim and what, what it means to, uh, to be part of Islam that idea of submission do you understand that you need to submit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because when you submit to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then all those fears and everything else they're not as you know important on the priority list right what your priority now is is you want to please him you want to please allah so that that fear of oh no what is he going to say or what is she going to say or what are people going to say or what are what's my family going to re- how my, how's my family going to react you know that stuff is not going to matter what yeah. matters yeah. most is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pleasing him. And then my second piece of advice would be to, to make a dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you, you know. Say to yourself, I'm going to put it on. Khalas, I'm going to put it on tomorrow morning as soon as I walk out, inshallah. And I, I'm going to, if I don't have one, I'm going to find one, okay. If you, you can't afford one, you know. Um, Sayyid Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, narrated, uh, anha, she said, narrated that Allah's messenger would order the young women and the mature women, the secluded and the menstruating, to go out for the two Eid prayers. Mm-hmm. As for the menstruating, menstruating women, they were to stay away from the Musalla and participate in the Muslim supplications. But one of them said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, what if she does not have a jilbab? And then Sayyid Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa responded, then let her sister lend her a jilbab. Yeah. Okay, so... If you can't afford one, ask. Don't be shy. Ask somebody. You know, ask someone that you trust and that you know cares about you and loves you. And if you guys need anything, you know, always, you know, you guys can come to us, man. Message us um, on our social media and, and comment. Message us if you need help. If you want somebody to talk to, yeah, and that's what we're here for as well. We're all sisters. We're all uh, we're all part of the Ummah. We need to 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 lend one uh, to help each other and lend one another uh, the the you know her fard. <laughs> dressing if she wants to go out you know yeah. so um, this is the other thing so ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you and give you that strength and uh, you know inshallah try and remain strong you need to build your confidence your confidence is in your deen and in, in, in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to protect you against any evil or any harm that's going to come to you you will not let any of these things at you even just because you're wearing it you know you also hear people saying oh if you wear it then you're going to be a, a target for islamophobic islamophobic people right yeah no relax Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to protect you whatever comes your way you'll be able to handle it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he will not give a soul anything that will bur- that will burden him right so you know you have to have that confidence and that strength and in order to build it, you got to really, really focus on your, your, you know, reflecting, your, your reflecting, right, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your tazkiyah, your, your cleansing and your purification of your heart. So that's, that's the biggest advice that I can give, inshallah. Yeah, and I actually, and I love that, and I don't actually have anything else to add, except that, you know, maybe in the future we can talk about this whole um, hijabi influencer culture, because I just think it's, it's ruining a lot. Like on one side, you have enough pressure from culture and your 
elders and things like that. And now you have your own Muslim sisters that are subtly, subconsciously or consciously making it super hard for young girls um, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So inshallah, we can talk about that. But I think for this um, for this session today, I think we've, we've covered and I really hope that you guys have benefited. Did you have any other solutions to add to that? Sana? No, yeah, inshallah. No, I was just saying, if you don't have any other solutions, then I really hope that um, this benefits all of you. And if you are struggling, please, you know, email us and share with us your struggle. Um, message us on Instagram. We have an Instagram account, The Versatile Muslima. You can message us on Facebook. Um, you can DM any one of us, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you find us, to be honest. Um, and let us know that you've struggled with this, this, and this. We would love to hear your story. And maybe we can even do a session where we share people's um, struggles and stories so that they feel that they're heard and, and their, their struggle is kind of acknowledged. But inshallah, until then, make sure that you like and subscribe our YouTube channel, like all our social media links, pass this and share this with your friends. If you have any topics, let us know. And inshallah, we'll see you next time with uh, another topic that will benefit you. And until then, take care. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.